Welcome back to Brilliant Success Presents 10 Careers You've Never Heard Of. I'm your host, Christian Chavez, and today I'm excited to chat with Brandon Dane, who is responsible for user acquisition at Headspace, an app for meditation, mindfulness, and mental health. Brandon graduated from UCLA in 2016 as an economics major, unsure of what career path he wanted to pursue. Digital marketing was a field that presented itself after he pursued an interest in tech and media, which eventually led him to his current role at Headspace. Thus far, Brandon's career has been a non-linear path that has always been inspired by our restlessness to continue exploring and learning. Welcome, Brandon. Thanks so much for joining the podcast today. Thanks, Christian. Thanks for having me and happy to be here. Of course. Let's get started. Can you tell us a little bit about your role in user acquisition at Headspace? Sure. Um, yeah, I guess broadly, um, to begin with what Headspace is, Headspace is a um, meditation and mindfulness app. Um, the kind of company mission is Headspace exists to improve the health and happiness of the world. Um, and you know, our core offering is, is um, guided meditations uh, through our app. Um, and, you know, in the last in, in the recent years, we've kind of expanded to um, different mindfulness offerings, everything from mindful eating to mindful running. And so kind of expanding, you know, different offerings to, to serve to people. Um, but yeah, I'm on the user acquisition team there. Um, and broadly speaking, our team is responsible for all of the paid digital marketing promotion of the app that you might see um, on YouTube, Instagram, podcasts. So we're kind of responsible for the strategy, the targeting, all those um, ad campaigns across uh, different channels. Uh, so yeah, that's broadly what I do and what the team does at Headspace. Awesome. And what does a typical day in the life look like for you? What are some common projects you're working on and who do you work with most often? Sure. Yeah, my my role is interesting because it's, it's a pretty good mix of interacting with internal teams and external teams. So um, being on the user acquisition team and working on all these different digital marketing channels, you're, you know, interacting a lot with different partners. Like we have a partner team, you know, at Facebook, a partner team on all these different ad platforms that we're working on. So it's managing those relationships and coordinating with them. And then um, at the same time, it's a lot of internal coordination. So, you know, working with the different design teams or the, the uh, you know, partner teams within the organization. So a lot of cross-functional work um, <clears throat> internally. Um, and yeah, I mean, as far as goals that we're marching towards um, where the user acquisition team says the name suggests, we're pretty much just focused on getting more people um, onto the app and, and using our content. Um, so, you know, at a high level, that's that's our kind of goal, getting more people subscribed, more people installing the app, um, all those kind of things. Um, and yeah, it involves a lot of different, like I said, cross-functional work within the within the team. And then um, in order to promote that and get eyeballs on um, what Headspace is and kind of educate people, it involves working with a lot of external partners to um, market the app and what we're offering. Yeah, and thanks for defining user acquisition for us. It sounds straightforward, but I'm sure it's a bit more complicated than most think. If you could break user acquisition down into three different areas, how would you define each of those areas? 
Yeah. Um, so user acquisition, it, yeah, it, it sounds like a pretty broad uh, kind of uh, side of the business, right? Um, I think at Headspace, at least, um, it's similar to how a growth marketing or performance marketing team might look like. And for people who that might not mean anything to them either, um, it's essentially... Um, getting as many people um, using or buying your product as, as possible. So, you know, for a company like Headspace, we have an app that's a subscription, subscription-based app. So um, the user acquisition team is focused on kind of the marketing funnel for that, for this type of business. So it's, you know, getting people aware about what, uh, what the offering is like do they even know what headspace does what they offer do they know what meditation and mindfulness is um so that's kind of like at the top of this marketing funnel and then um you know farther down we have more education about you know what our offering is how much it costs what you can uh what the different you know parts uh, of the app actually are um and that sort of thing, and then lower on the on the uh, marketing funnel is kind of retargeting, reengagement. So reaching people who know what the app is, who have visited the website, who have seen us in the press, or maybe you know we had a show that released on Netflix earlier this year, so maybe they've watched our Netflix special and now want to learn more about the uh, the app. Um, so it's uh, you know targeting them with ads to provide them with more information and and get them eventually all the way down the marketing funnel to download the app, uh, starting their free trial or buying a subscription and, um, you know, getting started on, on their journey with the, with mindfulness and meditation. And do you follow the user beyond that first touch point with your product or is there a different team that takes over at that point? Yeah. So at Headspace, that's actually, um, a different team um and i think it's it's pretty common for a lot of the companies um to unless you're a very small company where maybe you know you're just uh have only a few people on the marketing and and life cycle team i think it's what it's called at most companies um but yeah that that next stage after somebody has in our case you know subscribed on the app or in other cases might be you know bought their first product um, how to re-engage them, make sure they're continuing to use the product or continuing to um, be a loyal, engaged user. Um, that's, you know, a different side of marketing, but some a team that we work very closely with, um, obviously, because, you know, the better qualified people we're bringing in, the more like going to be engaged as they as they come in as as users. So um, it's all part of the same kind of ecosystem. But my role specifically focuses more on, you know, that marketing funnel of like getting people to know what Headspace is and getting them to move down that kind of marketing funnel. Yeah, that makes sense, especially for a company like Headspace. Now, shifting gears a bit, can you take us back to your time at UCLA and describe your professional trajectory from that point until now. How did you decide you wanted to pursue this type of marketing? Yeah. Um, so I was an econ major at UCLA um, and 
to be honest, I never had a conscious decision of, all right, I'm an econ major and I want to go into digital marketing. Um, it's kind of a winding road for me. Um, I remember not really clearly seeing a career path that I was really excited about. Um, you know, for econ majors, I think a lot of people um, are given kind of the expectation that you can go into consulting, you can go into accounting, um, you can go into, you know, different types of like traditional career paths that branch out of that major. Um, and I kind of got a little bit of a taste of the tech industry um, with an internship that I had going into my senior year, um, the summer between my junior and senior year. Um, I interned at a company called Udemy, which was a um, education startup. Um, and, you know, that kind of opened my eyes to the different career paths within marketing and tech. Um, so that was kind of some of the roles that I was applying to my senior year. Um, but to be honest, I didn't line up a job um, right after graduation. Like I was applying steadily throughout the year, as I'm sure a lot of seniors who might be listening to this can uh, can kind of feel that that pressure and that struggle to like, have something lined up even before you graduate. Um, but I, I really didn't. And I took a little bit of time. I actually moved back home. I took an internship um, at a local company um, and worked there. It was kind of in the digital marketing realm a little bit, but still, you know, I didn't really know anything about it. It was very much learning on the job, that kind of thing. Um, worked there for about a year. Um, ended up quitting um, it to take a little bit of time off to travel. Um, and then once I got back from about three months of traveling, I um, applied for a job uh, that was in the e-commerce world, a company called Huckberry, um, doing digital marketing uh, for them. Um, worked there for about three and a half years. Um, ended up quitting that job because I was really feeling kind of burnt out and um, feeling like I, I kind of wasn't feeling the growth that I wanted to and, and wasn't necessarily interested in, in where I was going in that position. Took a little bit more time off and then, you know, recently ended up at this, at this job at Headspace in um, user acquisition. So that's kind of a winding road to how I, where I ended up where I am today and all that to say, like, um, there was no clear decision of this is how I'm going to get from point A to point B. And I think there was a lot of times of like uncertainty and unknowns of what was going to happen next during that time. And, um, you know, I'm definitely happy where I am right now. So um, I think it's just kind of, acknowledging that there is for a lot of people going to be a lot of twists and turns in the road. And uh, it's kind of hard to plan a, a straight career path um, for many of us. Um, I think uh, that's kind of my sentiment. Yeah, definitely. And for a senior class who's graduating into a recovering job market and economy, do you have any tips or advice for staying resilient during times of uncertainty? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I have a lot of empathy for that um, because I, can only imagine uh, what that challenge kind of feels like. Like I said, for me, I felt a lot of pressure to line something up right after college. And that was not in the middle of a global pandemic. So 
I definitely feel the added level of, you know, uncertainty and uh, maybe, you know, lack of opportunity that feels like it's out there. So um, that's kind of a, an external factor that is really kind of out of your hands. Right. Um, and I think something that everybody in, in your position is, is, is going through. So, um, you know, kind of a realization that, you know, this may be a time to kind of take a step back and, and understand, like, maybe this is a good time to try something, uh, learning a skill or, um, exploring an area that, you know, would otherwise not be, uh, maybe as, uh, as available or, or kind of, you know, in, in a time when it's like, okay, this is just business as usual. You're going to graduate, get a job, start your career. You know, this maybe allows a little bit of flexibility to kind of, um, try something new, um, where there might be opportunities, um, coming out of, you know, coming out of this pandemic that are, that are opening up. So, you know, I don't have a great answer for, you know, how to, to weather that storm besides the fact that, you know, I think you can take some, some, um, maybe comfort in knowing that uh, everybody's going through this and there's going to be some understanding, um, you know, as you move on your career that, you know, 2020, 2021 was a crazy year and no one's expecting you to kind of, um, have all your, all your stuff together and, 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 uh, you know, move on as if there wasn't a global pandemic happening. Yeah. And I think that last point is super important. We're all going through this and most employers are going to be understanding of that when it comes to gaps in resumes or experience. Do you have any advice for students interested in digital marketing who don't have experience in the field? Yeah. I mean, the first thing I'll say is that I had no experience going into, I guess, my first internship where it was kind of in the digital marketing field. Um, but even the next two jobs, like I pretty much learned everything that I was doing on the job. Um, so hopefully that takes a little bit of pressure off. Um, some people, I think it's, it's similar in a lot of roles. Like you're learning your day to day and the things you'll be doing on the job. Um, obviously the hiring process, you want to show that you're, um, anything that you can show that, that you understand the field or understand the industry or the space or the, the platforms that you'll be using, um, will give you a leg up and be kind of leverage for somebody to be like, Oh, this person knows, you know, it, it seems like they can, they can pick things up pretty well. Um, so I think as, as a general advice, like I just say, if you're interested in a certain field, whether it be digital marketing or any other sort of um, career field, really just try and understand what that role would entail in terms of what you're doing on the day to day. Like I said, like what kind of tools are you using? What platforms? Um, what are some common challenges? What's like the vocabulary used to, to uh, talk about different um areas in that field. Um, and to do that, you know, be persistent and bold in reaching out to people in those fields. Like I would say leverage like the UCLA community and the alumni community, reach out to people who, um, you can find on LinkedIn who have, um, gone to UCLA and maybe are in similar roles and, and see if they'd, you know, be up for a 15 minute phone call 
um, that kind of thing, or just do some research on your own to try and figure out more. Because I know going into some of these interviews, I was pretty underprepared for, you know, what I thought I was prepared for the interview, but I, I really didn't have as much knowledge as I could have gotten if I had talked to some, you know, somebody who was in the digital marketing field and be like, okay, what do you actually do on a day to day? Like, what are, what are your challenges? What, how do you talk about those challenges that sort of thing? So, um, yeah, again, I'd just say like broadly, just try and find out as much about the role itself. Um, so you can talk about it in a, in a way that gives, you know, the people you're interviewing with confidence that, um, you're interested enough to do the, the research and prep and that you are, um, you know, hungry and, and scrappy enough to, to want to learn these things. Um, cause like I said, most of it, you'll be learning on the job. You're not expected to come in with that knowledge. Yeah. And when you had that experience while interviewing, did you shift your approach at all and begin reaching out to alumni and recruiters on websites like LinkedIn? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I used LinkedIn a lot in my job search, um, finding recruiters, um, reaching out to people to kind of ask, um, you know, what they did. I used the uh, UCLA alumni network to find people in my area that weren't even necessarily in the exact field, but just like had longer, interesting career paths that I wanted to learn more about. Um, and, you know, that's something that people had given me advice to do. And it, it seems kind of like intimidating. It is kind of intimidating calling up or messaging people that you don't know and asking them to hop on the phone with you. Um, but I think it's really valuable and, and really, um, yeah, important to kind of understand um, what people what people actually do beyond just what their title is on LinkedIn, you know? So uh, it's just, you know, LinkedIn is just a tool to, con- to connect to people. If it means going to, you know, a career fair in person when those things, when those can happen again. Um, it's also maybe a good way to kind of make those connections, but any, any ways that you can make connections and kind of, um, yeah, talk to people who are in the areas of, um, that you're interested in, I think is, is really valuable. Totally. And for everyone listening, if you haven't done this yet, I definitely recommend reaching out to alumni on UCLA one or LinkedIn just just do it. You never know where that conversation could take you. Yeah, absolutely. And even if it's, you know, just a little, you know, quick chat getting to know you and it's not there, it's they're not like getting you an interview or getting you a job offer. Um, you never know what that can turn into down the line. And it's just, you know, cliche, but about building relationships and building your network. Yeah, it's so important. For a final question, what does success look like for you in your role at Headspace and in your professional life? Yeah, so I think, you know, the one thing I think about um, a lot uh, as a good like measure of success um, is, you know, success can be, uh, you know, the company is doing really well or my team is you know, hitting its goals or that kind of thing. But I think equally or maybe more important is um, kind of the connections and how how you're working with people. Um, I think a lot of times that's that's what's remembered the most. Um, it's, um, 
you know, whether you were a great teammate and a great person to work with and a great employee who, you know, not only worked hard and, and did good work, but, um, yeah, like I said, was somebody who was enjoyable to work with and, um, you know, led with compassion and empathy. Um, so I think that's, you know, a, a great metric for success that, um, I try to strive for is like, be a great teammate, be somebody that people want to work with, um, help people every day in your job. Um, and, you know, obviously, like I said, like, you know, take pride in your work and, and, and strive to get results and hit your goals, but don't let that get in the way of making, you know, meaningful connections and, and being, you know, um, again, that person that people can look back on and say, like, I really enjoyed working with that person. Um, so yeah, that's, you know, kind of a, a broad way to, to put it, but like, I think it's really true that, um, even as I look back at the the couple of companies that I've, I've worked with, like, I really remember the people and, um, you know, how I, the people that, you know, really inspired me and were, and were great teammates, um, more than anything. So I think that's a great metric for success. Yeah. I love that answer so much. And it reminds me of a quote by Maya Angelou. People will forget what you said. People will forget what you did, but people will never forget how you made them feel. Yeah. I like that a lot. For me, looking back on my career, the projects and the programs are there, but the relationships I've had the opportunity to develop over time are so much more meaningful. So I definitely relate to that answer. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. That Maya Angelou quote, um, cause it's true. It's definitely, um, you know, like I said, haven't had like a very long career, but like even thus far, like I definitely remember the people that were, um, who I look back and like, Oh, that person is really successful. Like it's the people that I really connected with and, and understood, um, that they were, you know, showing up, um, and leading with, you know, compassion and really seeing you and, and, you know, working with you on a, on a very like meaningful level. So, um, I think that's, that's really important. Well, thanks so much for taking time to chat with us about your experience and your role. As we close out, I feel like it only makes sense to give you an opportunity to tell us where to go to learn more about meditation. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate the plug time. Um, I mean, you can go to headspace.com, um, also on the app store. Um, like I said, we just launched a, um, well, earlier this year, we launched a Netflix show and it's actually our second installment um, is coming out uh, later next month. Um, the first installment was Headspace Guide to Meditation. And the second installment is Headspace Guide to Sleep. So um, check it out on Netflix. And yeah, if you're interested, um, give it a shot because I think it's, you know, for me personally, really, really improved my, my mental health. I know that's a, a hot topic right now as people struggle through everything that's going on, um, taking care of your mental health. So um, check it out and hopefully it, it helps some, some Bruins out there. Perfect. Thanks so much, Brandon. Yeah, thank you so much for your time. You've been listening to Bruin Success. Our guest this week was Brandon Ding of Headspace. You can learn more about Brandon in the description of the podcast. Follow UCLA Alumni Career Engagement on Instagram and Facebook to keep up with Bruin Success. If you enjoyed the podcast, subscribe to it, tell a friend, and share your appreciation on social media. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next time when we're chatting with another inspiring Bruin.
This podcast was made possible by UCLA alumni.